topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Hello and welcome to the Phoenix 5-0 Info Show. I'm your host, Lieutenant Vince Lewis with the Phoenix Police Public Affairs Bureau. We're coming to you from police headquarters downtown Phoenix. I'm joined today by Sergeant Vincent Cole, mm-hmm. prior uh, public information sergeant with our bureau and uh, also the Phoenix Police Department historian. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. That's your your job and your functioning title among your day, uh, other things that you do during the day, right? Yep. It's a function I do here apart from my regular job. But it's also a, 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 a very, it's a strong interest of yours in your uh, personal life, correct? Right, right, correct. Yeah, yeah. I have an a educational background in, in history. You recently earned some certificates or um, uh, notoriety in that field, right? What what You accomplished something uh, academically in that field, didn't you, recently? So uh, not academically, but uh, are you speaking to the 2020, uh, the Navajo officer that we were able to, to add to the wall? Oh, I meant uh, like a educational Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, I uh, last year I got my master's in history. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, well, we may end up getting to that, too. It's very interesting. But today uh, we're here to talk about uh, just a piece of history uh, to throw out there, a piece of interest um, that you'd like to share with us specific to the Phoenix Police Department, correct? Correct, yes. Uh, why don't you tell us about uh, tell us about that? So uh, I have an interest in the history, or just history in general, and I've done a good amount of research on the city of Phoenix, and uh, you're looking at cultural history and just what kind of made the city what it is today. And a constant in any, when you're researching any municipality is often it's law enforcement because they're a big part of the community. Um, And I had done some research a while back about what is now known as our Community Engagement Bureau. And uh, at the time was our Community Relations Bureau and how it came to be. uh, The unit does, uh, a very good friend of mine is the commander of the unit, um, or I'm sorry, the lieutenant of the unit. And um, they they do great work for our city and uh, and do a great job engaging our community. So it's kind of interesting to see that their beginnings started well well before. I mean, it started in the mid '60s. In 1966, the Phoenix Police Department started the Community Relations Bureau as a one man operation, which today would be hard to imagine considering the amount of work that they do and the the amount of folks that they engage on a regular basis. But it was started under Chief Paul Bluebaum. And as the city grew, so did the need for an expanded unit. Um, there were several forms of evolution from this unit, especially till now, from 1966. I was able to find some information in the Phoenix Police uh, 1978 annual report, and it kind of details, it's almost like a yearbook of the department. It details different units and what they do. And one thing about this department is they're always thinking of innovative ways to do business, and, and community engagement's no exception. So we started programs uh, like PAYS, which was police assisting youth in schools. It was designed to teach school-age children about the judicial system and safety concepts, very similar to GREAT and DARE and programs like that. We also, this was kind of interesting, we found a program that we used to have called CABS on Patrol, uh, COPS, it was the acronym, and it was encouraged to, uh, uh, it was created to encourage cab drivers to report suspicious activity because they're out on the road. And then, of course, uh, the Police Activities League. 
So these are all uh, community programs that were basically born out of a necessity for the department to really bridge those gaps with those uh, members of the community who really wanted to support us and, and share what they knew. A lot of people might be figuring, okay, what's my role in making my community safer? I don't know any police officers. I don't necessarily have day-to-day contact with police officers, but I am out there in the community. And like, for example, that commu- that taxi cab program that you right. just mentioned, that's pretty innovative, especially for the time, thinking, okay, well, who else out there can contribute to the safety part of it? That way it's not always on the police officer who's just walking the beat and happens to turn his back or turn a corner and completely misses everything uh, behind them, right? So right. And, eyes and ears. And and that's, uh, you know, especially the, the CABS program, because a lot of the programs we have today are evolutions of, you know, prior things. But the CABS on patrol program I thought was pretty interesting because, and now things are different because there's ring doorbells and stuff everywhere. But at a time where there wasn't and technology wasn't where it is today, it's kind of interesting that somebody thought to have CABS out you know, right. looking for things that were out of the norm. Sure. I wonder how that's going to involve now with uh, driverless vehicles that have 360 coverage cameras right. all over them and what we're going to be able to tap into uh, as far as uh, helping to reduce crime with those, right? Right. And I, I would imagine we'll continue to be innovative, especially with technology. Sure. What else uh, can you tell us about uh, our history with the, the Community Relations Bureau? We're talking with Sergeant Vincent Cole from our, our own records uh, division. So uh, eight years later, I, I found there was another uh, annual report published that I found in 1986. Um, and this time, our Community uh, Engagement Bureau had split into two sections and, and had gotten larger. There was a community relations section, which included our gang enforcement unit, confrontation squad, and then the Police Activities League. What does uh, that mean, the confrontation squad? So the confrontation squad typically deals with... Um, uh, large-scale protests and things like that. We've evolved from calling it that, and it's something completely different now. Because confrontation isn't what we're after, correct? Right, and that's it's more you want to engage the groups. We partner with a lot of groups that use their First Amendment right to uh, peacefully protest, and that's a function that's still of the Community Relations Bureau. And all of their efforts actually go towards avoiding conflict. Right, and that's that's why the, the name... Uh, kind of has evolved over time just sure. because that's not the heart of, of the mission. Um, the uh, They also had at one time uh, a public information section that was for not like what occurs in this shop, but it's more for spreading awareness through the community, different programs and stuff like education about police services, things like that. Different than what we do in the media relations unit where we are using media, traditional and social, to help augment a message about safety or those types of things, the information that we want put out. It's, um, that's a different uh, mission than what you were talking about, correct? These are more oriented towards police services and crime prevention, um, things for the community, and just digging through uh, historic Phoenix PD photos. I've seen officers explaining how certain locks work. So I imagine it would fall within that realm. Yeah. So we produce a lot of digital content. We make it available on, on the internet, on our social media sites, on our web pages, and so forth. How did those officers engage with the community when we didn't have those services available to us as widely as we do now? It definitely made it more tricky because you want to engage a large group of people uh, with, you know, hypothetically a smaller amount of officers to be able to go out and and talk to a group so back then it was 
community meetings, which we still attend, but community meetings and uh, speaking with faith leaders and things like that to get the mission out to the community. Speaking as somebody who's worked in this unit, I have found that social media has been a huge asset to be able to, um, you know, there's times where I've sent out a tweet and looked at my phone 15 minutes later and it's been retweeted and talked about a thousand times in that short amount of time. Mm -hmm. You'll never be able to reach that audience, um, I guess, by hand for a, for a lack of a better term. Sure. We, we relied on our local TV partners and PBS and uh, AZTV now, which is also airing a lot of those um, old Wallace and Labmo episodes right. where Phoenix police had a, you know, a regular standing uh, appointment to kind of humanize us in that case. And then we think back to growing up, we remember officer friendly, um, those community events where the talking police car would come out. I'm thinking of all these things from when I was little, uh, because right. growing up, you know, in and among police officers, uh, with the Phoenix department, uh, we have been involved in community relations for quite some time. Right. And, that's, uh, you know, it only serves to benefit everybody in the community as a whole, including us, which, you know, uh, I think our department views itself, uh, rightfully so, as just as much a part of the community as any business partners or regular citizens. Yeah, definitely. We had uh, Detective Maitland from recruiting in here recently talking about uh, how we recruit from the community. We want um, our department to be representative of those we serve. Um, leading into a program where, uh, for example, we're trying to increase the female demographic on the department to 30% by the year 2030. So uh, the department's Community Engagement Bureau, uh, or Community Relations Bureau, as, as we were talking historically, has always been a way to connect with those people who we potentially would like to recruit, correct? Right, and, and they have uh, advisory boards and things like that, like uh, the, the department really goes out of its way to engage uh, as, as much of the community as possible in every aspect of the mm -hmm. community. Awesome. Uh, can you tell us anything more about uh, the CRB history? The CRB has uh, kind of evolved. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about, some of those other programs that they had um, that I think one of which is I, all of it's important, but one of which uh, I've seen the benefits of personally. Um, that 1986 annual report included um, – uh, speaking about silent witness mm -hmm. and um, you know for your patrol officer that's out on the street you don't always see the value of silent witness but coming here and working and seeing how great of a program that is and how it helps uh, us solve crimes and it really is a is an avenue for people to um, to be able to give closure to families and and resolution to to crime so that was one of the things I noticed uh, in the in the annual report that they had mentioned silent witness and i think silent witness is a huge benefit to the department so i don't know if you know this details or not but was silent witness a, a silent witness a specific phoenix uh, entity organization or or or, or uh, a movement is that is it uh, connected somehow to a larger crime stoppers national program or did did we come up with that you know i don't know offhand i i've seen it other places for sure or something similar to mm -hmm the silent witness program, yeah. but I don't know its genesis uh, specifically. Like you said, it's a terrific program for people to earn potential cash rewards for uh, calling in tips and sending us information that might actually solve crimes and right. bring justice to victims. So. Well, and, and even, you know, apart from the, the incentive for the cash reward, I think there's a lot of people who have things that, you know, has disturbed them or they, they don't want to carry information that could potentially help someone. So that's a great avenue for them to do it. And yeah. with the, uh, the the anonymity of it, 
is just an increased you yeah. know incentive to do it. So you have some uh, familiarity with the Phoenix Police Museum, is that correct? Right. Yes. So is any of this uh, displayed there? Is, can anybody go and learn more about? our CRB history from the museum? Our museum, I, I don't know if they specifically speak to CRB. I believe they have a small little section of the uh, of an exhibit that talks about that. Um, the museum is a great resource for just generalities of Phoenix PD, and and uh, it's, a, it's a, a wealth of knowledge for um, our history, our beginnings, and, and the direction we're going. Prior to this, uh, when we started recording, we were talking about some significant events in Phoenix that uh, that happened that uh, almost correlate to, you know, uh, more recent times. You said CRV started back in the 60s? In 1966 is when it formally began. So do you know the, the what the national kind of temperature was at the time or the environment or what was going on then? Can it, and, and how it may have related to Phoenix and what was going on here? Well, we've had a couple of instances of uh, protests and things. Before we started, we spoke about the Thanksgiving Day riot of 1942. There has been some instances of civil unrest throughout the city. And in the 60s, you had a lot of stuff going on. You had the Vietnam War was in full effect. That was being protest. Um, I don't know when protests started for that particular incident, but that was something that was occurring in the country at the time. So I think the need apart in conjunction with the growing nature of our city that still continues to this day. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it amazes me to read something that was written in the fifties or the, or more so the forties where they talk about North Phoenix being along Indian school road, Mm -hmm. you know, and now that's not even central Phoenix, Mm -hmm. you know, is how our city's laid out now. So the department evolved and grew. The community did the same, and therefore the need to have a uh, a unit that could accommodate the needs of the city was was needed. Yeah, great. So, well, we've been talking with uh, Sergeant Vincent Cole about the history of the Community Relations Bureau from the Phoenix Police Department. I want to thank you, Sarge, mm-hmm. for coming on. My pleasure. And uh, I want to thank Pablo, the producer for being here to help us out. Listen, as always, uh, you can help fight crime in your community, potentially earning a cash reward or remaining completely anonymous by sending tips to Silent Witness. Visit silentwitness.org and call 480-WITNESS. Visit us at phoenix.gov police. Follow us on all social media platforms. And until next time, we're in this together and be safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, Go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.